know that also during menstruation, the body has luteal phase and menstrual phases. Um, the body temperature is, you know, gets a little bit more elevated when you do cardio. So there's a little bit more stress on the body. Recovery is a little bit more challenging. So if you do have to do, you know, something like a marathon, you can do it. Of course, you can do anything you want in any phase. It's really just about biohacking and, and working to your strength. You're listening to the High Performance Health Podcast, helping you optimize your health, performance, and longevity. My name is Angela Foster, and I'm a former corporate lawyer and high performance health coach. Each week, I bring you cutting edge biohacks, inspiring insights, and high performance habits to unlock optimal health, performance, and longevity. So excited that you've chosen to join me today. Now let's dive in. Hi, friends. I am still in Sri Lanka, still in this kind of beautiful spot while I record this intro for you. And I'm excited to give you a little snippet of what's coming next week with Alyssa Vitti. It is 10 years since she started the cycle syncing method. She is the person behind optimizing your nutrition, your fitness, and even things like your creativity around the menstrual cycle. And in this conversation, we talk about a whole host of ways that you can do that, that are eminently practical, but also dispel some of the myths that since she created it, have been kind of banded around on social media that in some respects, I think, are slightly disempowering for women. Um, Things like when you're strong and when you're not and when you should be working out and how you should be working out. And so in the full episode, you'll hear all about the intricacies of that and why as women we are actually powerful at any time so enjoy this bite-sized clip if you want to listen to a little bit more with Alyssa ahead of next Tuesday's episode then you can go back and listen to my first episode with her which is episode 107 and then stay tuned for Tuesday because it was a really fun and interesting and insightful conversation what are the kind of what are the key yeses and the big sort of no-nos in terms of nutrition? Well, I'll start with the longevity piece because I think everybody's thinking about it these days. And mm. if you're over 45, you're always thinking about it. Um, but uh, there are definitely things to just remember. Um, alcohol is not your friend, first and foremost. First of all, I believe if it hasn't already been, it's, in the United States, it's on its way to being um, classified as a as a um, class one carcinogen. So you know, and this is due to the fact that um, both the super concentration of sugars is bad for you, but also all the chemical exposure from the glyphosates and pesticides that are used on grape production, highly concentrated in that one glass of wine. Mm. So for for women, it's you know not your friend and it will age you much more rapidly than you want and put you at risk for diseases that you don't want. Um, I personally took it out of my diet when I was 35, right? So now I'm going on, I don't know, 10 something years without it. And it was just a, it was just a choice of, okay, perimenopause has begun in the brain at 35. This has to go because I know that this is going to create more of an aging response at this stage of my life. So, took it out. Um, I think I've it's also worth- taken it out actually, and I much prefer life without it. I have to say, yeah, it's great. You <laughs> yeah. don't. There's no recovery. Mm. There's just you. No, can exactly. Keep feeling good. <laughs> You've got that kid-like energy every single morning, right? This yeah, is yeah, amazing. And it does wonders for your skin. It does wonders for your metabolism. So um, definitely consider that if you're thinking about, well, what are some 
big needle movers that I can use to protect my health and in, enhance my longevity, I would, I would definitely, for women, take that out. And we'll say, well, what about red wine and all the studies? And no, just not worth it. Um, those, have, those have all been, there's many studies, so it just depends on who you're talking to. Um, so there's that. I think the other thing is managing your blood glucose levels. I think after 45, it would be advantageous for every woman for a period of one to three months to wear a continuous glucose monitor to learn what her body's metabolic responses are to the different foods that she's eating, the food quantities, uh, combinations of things, so that you can really get a handle on what your metabolism can handle because we really want to keep blood sugar stable throughout the day. Stable blood sugar means stable moods, stable energy, and has a, a, you know, a positive impact on all of your endocrine hormones in general, right? And so that's going to benefit your sex hormones as well and promote ovarian health. So I think that's great. Once you learn what your, the right combinations of foods are, you don't need to wear it all the time, you know, if you don't want to. But I think doing it as an experiment for a period of time, I think doing it in the winter is great because you're not out in the beach and it's less of to, to worry about, with, you know. So get one, you know, maybe after the holidays, January through March, that can be your time to like experiment with this. And uh, you can wear sweaters and it can just be easier clean up and, and all of that. And then you can learn and modify your diet. So that, and then the third thing that you can do as a woman who is over 45 thinking about longevity and health and what are the biggest needle movers, the third and, you know, I would say the, the only other thing I would add to your list is to start lifting heavy, heavy, serious weights. So get a trainer, go to the, go to the gym with all the big equipment, you know, you got to start like bench pressing a hundred pounds, squatting 150 pounds with the, I mean, like I'm talking like that, not, not like little five pound weights anymore, (laughs) like heavy. And why? Because as we age muscle mass, we lose just, just happens over the, over our, our lifespan. And of course, if you've had a history of being on birth control, you haven't had the opportunity to gain as much lean muscle because it suppresses your body's ability to do that while you're on that medication. And because you're not ovulating, there is some impact on your bone density because you're not getting all the benefits of estrogen because that's suppressed as well. So if you've had that history, strength training is like, you know, a must do that kind of heavy strength training because it's going to build up some muscle and it's going to strengthen your bone density. So uh, this will do wonders for you um, from a longevity point of view. So get, cut out the alcohol, figure out your blood glucose, optimal you know, meal situation, and start lifting serious weightlifting three times a week, uh, and you'll be good to go. And do you on that, which is we pause on the, um, let's talk about it because it highlights two things to do with the cycle syncing. Um, let's talk about the lifting first. What are your thoughts around like achieving PV, PBs and go really going for it and lessening off as we get nearer at the end of the luteal phase to recover properly in time sort of for menstruation and help with progesterone? What are your thoughts around that weightlifting protocol? So, you know, you can strength train at any time of the month. Um, the thing that you can't do at any time of the month is the intense cardio. 
So there's some new, yeah, hit and, and like, you know, long runs, you know, that kind of, that kind of stuff that you can't really do in the luteal phase. Um, and we know that also during menstruation, the body has luteal phase and menstrual phases. Um, the body temperature is, you know, gets a little bit more elevated when you do cardio. So there's a little bit more stress on the body. Recovery is a little bit more challenging. So if you do have to do, you know, something like a marathon, you can do it, of course. You can do anything you want in any phase. It's really just about biohacking and, and working to your strengths. But if you have to do it, of course you can. You're a strong, capable woman. You can do whatever you want when you want. But you'd want to use um, fueling, right, Car- carbohydrate fueling sort of strategically before you do that cardio, that big cardio burst, if you're doing it in the suboptimal phase. And then you'd want to use cooling techniques to recover faster, to help your body deal with the fact that it's a little bit out of sync. But from a strength training point of view, you can do that all throughout the month. And in fact, some new research just came out to show that there's even bigger gains to be had if you do strength training in the first half of your cycle. So HIIT workouts are great because Typically what that means, you know, which I recommend in the, in the first half of the cycle, you're going to be alternating between short bursts of cardio and then some, you know, some strength training intervals, right? So that's a great thing to do in the first half of the cycle, but you can also just go into the gym and do like a full on strength session and follow that up or before you do it, do half an hour on the treadmill if you want. You can do a lot in the first half of the cycle. The body is really, um, the, Resilient. The, the, well, the pattern of cortisol and, and um, your metabolic speed just make it much easier for you to do longer workouts, more intensive workouts, to lift, um, to, to run, to do all of that with, um, without any um, huge impact on blood sugar and um, then, of course, anything with recovery is just much easier. So it doesn't mean you don't do workouts in the second half of your cycle. You just do strength training and maybe some light walking. You know, walking is good every day of the month, right? But you just change the intensity of your cardio, really. So you can go harder with the cardio in the first half, and then in the second half, you just go lighter. So lighter and shorter is ideal. And focus more on strength training, more on flexibility, you know, Pilates, that kind of thing, um, whatever feels good to you. And then when you're menstruating, um, you know, it's really personal preference. Some women really find that if they do things like yoga or Pilates during the first few days of their bleed, that really helps the fascia around the uterus be stretched and that helps the uterus do its job of contracting more easily. Other women um, you know, like to just take the first day of bleeding, which is typically the more heavy day, to just be with that. It's one day, you know, if you want to just take a walk that day, or you want to sit and read a book and journal that day, that's cool too. You can do that. It's all right. In the scheme of your training plan, it's perfectly fine. And then you can get back to it the next day if you want. But I'm here to just take the pressure off of you because there's this Again, another narrative that's been sort of promoted with advertising around, you know, menstrual products, which is like, you know, you got to be running around in your bright whites, you know, menstruating and playing sports and, and you can and you, you should if you need to, but if you don't want to, it's okay too. And I think that we just need to make sure that that's something that women should be encouraged is to check in with their energy, their mood, their desire around what they want to do with their bodies on that first or second day of their bleed. And if they want to relax, 
that's perfectly acceptable, right? There's this weird thing that we feel like, oh no, well, I have to push myself through all of these uncomfortable things, especially if you're dealing with cramps, which we should talk about how to get rid of because you shouldn't have any cramps. Um, but you, I, I'm actually advocating for the opposite. I don't think women should continuously practice pushing. Mm -hmm. I think you should continuously practice listening to your body and responding to it as needed. And that, that which that what you would do in response to what you're hearing your body say would be different day over day, week over week throughout the cycle, right? Mm. Some days you're going to feel full of energy because testosterone is surging, estrogen is surging. You're going to want to go to a spin class with your friends and do that for two hours or whatever it is. And then there will be other times in the cycle where you don't have testosterone present in that same concentration you enter estrogen will be on the, the decline and you don't actually have the same desire to do that. That is a, just, that is true. And they're both valid is my point. And so we shouldn't judge one or the other as better or worse. We should just look at it factually like, okay, these are the physiological changes that are happening in my brain, in my body. And that shows up as different preferences for what activities I would like to select. And I want you to make it okay for yourself to change your mind based on how you're feeling when it comes to your fitness, based on that physiological change. Mm -hmm. And that's a big gift to give to yourself because this constant pushing is another driver of ovarian aging because if you're pushing yourself when you would rather be resting, think about the knock-on effects of what that's doing to you um, you know, from a cortisol point of view, a blood sugar point of view, it's increasing stress, it's dysregulating blood sugar. It's not necessarily the best path every single day. If you enjoy this podcast, visit femalebiohacker.com and be part of a special community of women looking to optimize their mind, body, and spirit. If you're tired of sifting through countless websites and books to find the answers to your questions about nutrition, fitness, hormones, mindset, spirituality, and biohacking, the search is over. I've done the research for you and every week we go live with in-depth masterclasses, Q&A calls and monthly challenges to help you transform your life. And when you join the collective, you'll have access to a wealth of information, including deep dive masterclasses and biohacking toolkits on our members' favorites like metabolic flexibility, gut health, stress and resiliency, and stepping into your most empowered self. Get access and be coached by me and my team and level up your health, career, and life all for less than a dollar a day. Go to femalebiohacker.com or click the link below to get started. And I'll see you on the inside.